Welcome in to a Monday edition of the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. And you can follow the show on Twitter, at BackForthPod, Instagram, at BackForthPodcast. And you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your audio podcasts. And we've got three different sports to cover today. So it's not just basketball. No, basketball's in there. Oh, there's, yeah. There's also hockey and football news to get to as well. We'll start with football, and that being the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the featured team in this year's Hard Knocks on HBO. <sighs> Something tells me that the Cardinals might be cursed now because of this. It seems like any team that gets featured on Hard Knocks doesn't have a grand season. That's true. It was the Colts the pre- last year. They finished. Oh, they had a, a mid. They went to the Colts midseason. Yeah. That was interesting. And they didn't make the playoffs. Who was it in the beginning of the of the year? Was it the Cowboys? May, it may have been the Cowboys. It was yeah. the Cowboys. They made the playoffs, but I mean, what, what does Dallas always do in the playoffs? They, they choke, and that's exactly what happened. They're just happy to be there. Exactly. And the year before that, I think it was actually the Raiders. Um, first year in Vegas, or the previous year was the Raiders, one of those two. Um, and both of those years, the Raiders did not make the playoffs. So, um, it may be continuing this year, and I, I think this will be an interesting series. I mean, a pro- initially, a, pro- a lot of people will look at it and say, the Cardinals, really? But you got to remember the whole Kyler Murray situation and um, the whole DeAndre Hopkins situation as well. He's suspended six games. Um, Hollywood Brown now heading over uh, to the Cardinals, being a part of them. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, – they lost Chandler Jones. I mean, this – Cliff Kingsbury could potentially be on the hot seat this year. I think this will be a very interesting series, um, and uh, hopefully we kind of get a full, a full look on the, um, or a full inside look, I should say, on what's going on with the Cardinals internally, which is I think which is a lot of people want to see from a Hard Knocks um, series, and it's kind of what they have been seeing um, in the in previous years. I really liked the Rams one when they had their first year in LA, and you kind of went behind the scenes of them relocating from St. Louis to Los Angeles, so. Um, seeing this and seeing exactly what's going on with Kyler Murray and because um, typically for, typically for hard knocks because they're around for so long like you can't really put on an act like you can for mic'd up you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, so it's gonna be really hard to put on that act and I think a lot of people are really gonna see what's going on within that organization and also it's a it's a fairly competitive team it's a team that went 11 and six last year had a playoff appearance and they they have the talent to definitely do it again I mean they have the talent honestly to. Uh, be Super Bowl contenders, as crazy as that sounds. It just all comes down to execution. They started off the year like 6-0 and last season, and then they fell flat on their face and finished the year 11-6. and So, I mean, the talent's there. I mean, so talented team, um, interesting storylines throughout the offseason, I think will be a pretty good uh, and entertaining series. Yeah, so the Cardinals are also paired up with the Lions as the second team featured in this season's Hard Knocks. Um, in March, HBO announced that they were going to feature the Lions, I believe, in uh, training camp and maybe a little bit of the preseason. Oh, okay. So the oh, okay. So the Lions will get. That's right. The Lions will get uh, preseason, and the Cardinals will get uh, midseason. It's about the only time the Lions are actually decent is the okay. preseason. But I mean, still, you'll get to you'll still I think get those everything with kind of what I said, you'll still get that, right. what's going on with the team, especially if they're not performing well, you'll kind of really um, um, get that. I don't know what kind of what team would allow that during midseason because that might be seen as a distraction a little bit. Uh, but, okay, so the Lions get the preseason, Cardinals get um, midseason, so that'll be interesting. I think that's actually a, a pretty decent uh, lineup there, those two teams. You got to go from bad to good. Yeah, I mean, but the Lions are entertaining. Like, they're just kind of like, 
I feel like they're actually America's team rather than the Cowboys. Like everyone was kind of rooting for them last year. They have a really likable coach, um, really likable players. So I feel like um, a lot of people want to want to see them do well. I compare the Lions a lot to like the Cubs. Like we know they suck. Everybody knows they suck. But you, I mean, you're just rooting so hard every year for them to not suck. Like yeah, and to just have one good year. Um, I mean, the Cubs did it a few years ago. They won the World Series, so they they got that monkey off their back. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I'd be very hard pressed to find somebody that genuinely hates the Lions. Packer fans. It's a good point. Okay, you found somebody. <laughs> um, but most people do they really count though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but you know, the the overwhelming NFL fan popularity population. The average NFL fan, correct, doesn't necessarily go in thinking they hate the Lions. No. Um, they're they're in fact probably rooting for them in a sense. But we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. It should be fun to see both the Lions and the Cardinals um, featured in this year's HBO uh, Hard Knock series. And now it's uh, a, a league that probably should have hard, some sort of Hard Knocks. I think that'd be kind of entertaining. That being the NBA, oh. um, and a big. Big game tonight for you, Joey. Must win. The Heat lead the series two to one. Game four in Boston tonight. You can't go down three one at home. No. Um, yeah this this is be this is the fourth time in recent in the last six years Boston has made the Eastern Finals. Um, the previous three times everyone knows that we've lost. This one I think is going to hurt the most if we if we don't win this one because you look at the the first time with Isaiah Thomas going against the Cavs, everyone knew we didn't stand a chance. LeBron was in his prime at the time. The Cavs were running the East. I mean, I was just hoping we'd get a game, a game, and we did. Thanks to Avery Bradley, it wasn't even Isaiah Thomas. It was Avery Bradley the reason why we got one game against the Cavaliers? So that one didn't sting. Like we had a pretty good year there. We won fifty games. Al Horford's first year in Boston. I mean, we got a game against Cleveland, made the Eastern Finals. It was a good, good stepping stone. Second time was that injured, banged up Celtics team with. Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, and Aaron Baines is the starting five. Um, and now that's actually a pretty decent starting five, but Rozier was like a guy getting 12 minutes a game. Tatum was a rookie, and Brown was only in his second year coming off a his, his rookie season where everyone was calling him a bust, and he was only averaging six points a game. And our sixth man was Shane Larkin. Um, that, team, that team made the Eastern Finals and put up a seven-game series with LeBron. So it stung because that was such a fun team to watch, and that was probably one of my favorite Celtic teams. But, again, like, I didn't think we'd make it out of the first round. So it, it was it was um, a fun run to watch. You had the bubble. I mean, I didn't really think we'd make the finals that year, but that still kind of stung because I feel like we could have really beaten that Miami team because they were fifth seed. But this year – this is probably the best Celtic team I think we've had in a long time. And they are – I don't care what anyone says. If Boston loses the series 4-1, they are a better overall team than the Miami Heat. They are a better team. It's plain and simple. They are they have better defenders. They have better scorers. On paper, the Celtics are a better team. However, the, Celtic, the Miami Heat have three things that the Celtics don't. One, Pat Riley. Two, Eric Spolstra. And three – a guy named Jimmy Butler. Three things the Celtics do not have, and I think that's what put the Heat over Boston almost every single time. And I feel like Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster are such huge pieces of that. Um, the way Jimmy Butler 
you know, in Minnesota. And even I, even I think I called him a diva at that point, which I will admit fully I was wrong on that. Um, you know, I, I just don't think people, or at least on the Timberwolves, weren't ready for his intensity. Like, they weren't ready to take that next step. And Philly, I think everyone on that team was ready except Ben Simmons. I think that was one of the main pieces that held them back. Uh, we see how soft Ben Simmons is now. And now you look at how he's performing in Miami. I mean, you really take out that 2021 season. He's made he made the NBA Finals in year one. You had the shortened offseason last year. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the final four teams from the 2020 playoffs didn't do well. Um, in 2021, and I don't think that's a coincidence. And this year, he's now two games away from the NBA Finals, and he has the Miami Heat as a one seed. Um, he he is he's about as close to LeBron as you can get in the Eastern Conference now. Um, Jimmy Butler is well on his way to running the East the next few years, um, and 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 he he's gotten a Miami Heat team to be so physical and match Boston's physicality, which I didn't think anyone could do um through the first two series i feel like boston the reason why they won is they were the more physical team and uh, miami is just right now 100 times more physical than us i knew i'd get that from pj tucker and and jimmy butler uh, but i didn't think i'd get that from victor oladipo and i think i'd get that from max Struess. i didn't think i'd get that from tyler hero even um or even kyle Lowry. i mean i know kyle Lowry's is a great player but He's on the back end of his career. He's 36 years old, but even Kyle Lowry is is an extremely physical player. Um, so, it, it, it Dwayne Dedman as well. Um, so I mean, it, I I feel like those three things and is kind of what puts Miami over Boston every single time. And um, yeah, Boston's got a big game tonight. I mean, Miami doesn't have Tyler Hero, but you look at the Celtics. You have uh, Robert Williams, questionable. Matt. Uh, Marcus Smart questionable and Jason Tatum's probable, so he'll likely play. But if Smart, you need either Smart or Williams to play to win this game, I think. And if both of them are out, you're kind of waving the white flag at that point. Um, so both of those guys provide so many things for the Celtics defensively. You need one of them. I feel like Robert Williams is going to be the more important one tonight, as much as I love Smart, because you need someone to defend Bam. Bam torched Al Horford. Robert Williams played games one and two. He played. Bam had 16 points total for those first two games. He was averaging eight points. Um, so I feel like Robert Williams can can play solid defense and lock Bam up. Uh, so I feel like that's why Robert Williams is a little more important tonight. Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler are playing through an injury. So I feel like if you can try and minimize them, at least Lowry you can minimize. I don't know about Jimmy Butler, but I know for a fact you can minimize Lowry. Um, then then Boston can, can win this game tonight. But still, even if they win tonight, it's still um, – um, a little bit questionable if they can actually win the series because you got to go back to Miami for Game Five and back to Boston for Game Six. And if you go one and one there, you're playing in Game Seven in Miami, which is the last thing you want to do. So um, we'll start small. They got to win tonight. However, I'm going to roll with the Heat tonight. I got that sick feeling in my stomach. I've had it for the past few days. Um, I feel like we're just really banged up right now, and we're we're kind of reaching the end of the line. I'm not giving up on them. I'm going to root for them, and obviously I want them to win. And they I'm not saying they have no chance to win tonight, but I feel like we're just approaching the end of the line for the Celtics team, as they do every year. They get to the Eastern Finals, and they just come this close, and they can't they can get there. And that's going to be have, to have to be a priority for them this offseason. They need to find – they have a max slot. I'm not saying they're going to get a superstar player this offseason, but they need to figure out what is going to give them get them over that hump. Because you got to remember – Miami's only going to get better. Milwaukee's going to be healthy next season. And there are going to be countless other teams in the Eastern Conference that are going to only get better. So 
um, you have to match that and you have to put someone on the floor that you know can get you over that hump. And I feel like that's what they may be missing right now. Let's not forget that <laughs> Philly chose Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler. Oops. Yeah, I was a smart. I feel, well, they did it because they they picked they essentially picked Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler because I think Ben Simmons and Jimmy had their own oops own things exactly because <laughs> Jimmy Butler challenged Ben Simmons in practice and we kind of see how Ben Simmons is now yeah. and they they chose okay well I guess we'll take Ben and Tobias over uh, Jimmy which as Matt said perfectly oops because can you imagine Philly with Jimmy and Joel right now. It would be a better duo than Harden and Joel. I would pick. Times. I would pick Jimmy over Harden. I'd pick Jimmy over Ben. I'd pick Jimmy over Tobias. I'd pick. I'd pick Jimmy about almost over any player in the Eastern Conference except um, um, Giannis and uh, Giannis, KD, and uh, Joel Embiid. I think a duo of Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid would still be playing in the playoffs right now if that was the duo for Philly. Like, I think that, well, yes, Doc Rivers is what we know what Doc Rivers Doc is. Doc Rivers would not be the coach of Jimmy Butler was on that exactly. team. Yeah, they'd, right they'd probably be somebody else. Um, probably probably a little bit better. Um, <laughs> but they would, that duo would be in the Eastern Conference Final because of, I, I think they would work well with each other. But yeah. it's beside the point. Um, Another what if. I know. Well, Philly's been asking themselves about the what ifs for a while now. So yeah. um, what if Ben Simmons actually worked out? Anyway. What if Ben Simmons learned how to shoot a basketball? <laughs> exactly. Um this series, if Boston loses this series, I think they're going to point to one key area where they felt where I felt like they probably started losing the series a little bit, um, and it's the third quarter of Game One. Like if you play a mediocre quarter, even even if you draw even with them in the box score for that quarter, maybe Miami wins it by a point or two. Boston wins Game One. And they're they they're up two zero, or in this case would be down would still be up two one. It's quarters that have lost in this game. They've well, or they've lost had, in this series. Heat fans can say whatever they want, but they've had one bad quarter. Yeah, like game two was fine. Game they three had two bad quarters. Qu- quarter three of um of game three, and then quarter one of uh or game quarter three of game one, quarter one of game three. Game yeah. So, I mean, if you told Celtic fans you're gonna play. 10 really good quarters and two really bad in the first three games. You're like, oh, we're up 3 0 then. <laughs> you should be, in theory. Um, but I think what, so what's wrong with that equation is the fact that when the Celtics play bad quarters, they play really bad quarters. Um, some teams, they play bad quarters and they can withstand it because they usually play well through other facets of the game to kind of make up for it. Um, I said it before Game 3 that there is no reason Boston shouldn't be up 2-0 right now. Again, they played one bad quarter in Game 1, and it was enough to lose in the game. And um, quite frankly, they almost came back in, uh, you know, one Game 3. They were making it a pretty close contest for a while. And, um, I mean, the fact that Miami's played two good quarters out of 12 and somehow has a 2-1 series lead is mind-boggling to me. But that's kind of how it goes sometimes. And... There's no excuses left for Boston. You have to win tonight, first and foremost. You have to tie the series up at two. Um, I don't know if going to Miami is necessarily as big of a deal because Boston's shown that they can play really well in Miami. They played seven really solid quarters on the road in the playoffs, which is something that's almost unheard of. I mean, even the the best of teams, you might get five or six good quarters on the road, um, but you, ne- you inevitably will have two or three that aren't that great. And 
for Boston to go on the road in the first two games into a hostile Miami crowd and play seven really good quarters out of eight, I think that's got to give them a little bit of confidence going into a game five, um, regardless of whatever the series is, if it's 3-1 or it's 2-2. Um, I, I think Boston wins game five inevitably, um, no matter the situation. Because that, That's true, but I feel like game five and game seven atmospheres are a lot different than game ones and twos. Yeah, I, I don't feel gr- great about them going to a game seven. Yeah. Um, I feel better, though, about a game five. I think a game five... Game five is winnable. Th- it's now. a very winnable game. Um, they can draw upon what they did on did in games one and two, um, and even parts of game three. The biggest thing is, is if Boston can get somewhat healthy for um, tonight and more so for game five, um, the, the you know injury bug is going to be the biggest question, I think, for them. Uh, there's no doubt, though, that Boston is the deeper team, the better team, um, the more talented team. And it feels like in this series, Miami just caught the right breaks at the right time to put themselves in position to win. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it might be tough stopping the team that we think is going to come out of the West, though. I mean, they're, they're looking pretty good now. Yeah, and this one's not as, as, a, as a tough and, and physical series. Um, it's kind of been it's kind Warriors of, steamrolling the Mavericks with these. Um, yeah. You're starting to think Phoenix probably put up a better series, but – at the end of the day, I'm still kind of glad Phoenix didn't make the Western Finals. With uh, I feel like they needed to be humbled a little bit going into going into next season. So, but yeah, the Warriors up three zero. Yeah, they're up three zero. They grabbed a one hundred nine one hundred win on the road in Dallas last night. A commanding three zero series lead. It feels like Dallas is too good to get swept, right? Like they're, they they're going to get Game Four, right? Mm-hmm. The thing with Dallas is they may be one of the worst defensive teams I've ever seen, especially in game two. Um, if you watch that game, I think the Warriors literally had about 20 straight possessions in the fourth quarter down the stretch where it was con- they literally got a point every single one of those possessions. Their first part of this offseason, they need to get an actual center. Um, that's not named Dwight Powell or, or Max Gilliber. Uh, these guys are not rim protectors at all. Um if 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 Dallas were to draw Miami in the finals, Bam would would torch these guys. I mean, Miami could literally just give the ball to Bam every single possession; they would win. Um, so that that's got to be one priority for them this offseason. I think they need to get a couple more wings that can go out there and play defense. Because as great as Luca is, um, he is a terrible defender, terrible defender, as just as their their post presence is. So they're they're almost there. Um, but I don't think Luca is quite enough by himself to get him over the hump. And it's not necessarily they, they need other star players. They need elite defenders there. Um, and I think that could get him over the hump. Because Brunson and, and, and Luca could get it done if they had a, a, a guard, another guard that can play great defense, and two forwards that can play great defense. I mean, you already have Finney Smith. I think you can move off the move to the bench. Um, but other than Finney Smith, like they have no defense at all. Well, and you kind of mentioned the defensive numbers. They're not great for Dallas in this series. First game, they give up 112. Second game, they give up 126. And last night, they gave up 109. So three straight games, you can't hold the Warriors to under 100. Um, in the playoffs, that's going to be a problem yeah. uh, for sure. And playoffs is usually when you start seeing more lower-scored yeah. lower basketball games. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Dallas game four just because I do think this team is – too talented, especially on paper, to get swept in the in the Western Conference Final. 
I don't get the series past five, though. Like, if the, the Warriors are either going to win game four or they're going to win game five, one of the two. Yeah. Um, they're not losing both. They'll probably, if they win game four, they don't even have to worry about a game five. But um, this being pretty deep into the playoffs, a... Unless Adam Silver is really desperate for some ratings. No, Best but, of nine series now. No, but see, I think, I think Adam Silver wants... Um, he inevitably wants Golden State to win the series. Yeah. Um, he knows it's good for the league. He knows that a Golden State involved NBA Finals is going to draw better ratings than a Dallas involved NBA Finals. Um, the ideal matchup would probably be mm, Boston and Golden State, I would imagine, for ratings. Um, two fairly big markets. Uh, Miami's not a terribly small market, but I mean, if you have your choice between Miami and Boston, um, I think. You know, you, you talk about the the storied franchise that Boston is having the um, all-time success that they've had with, what, 17 championships? Yeah, and, and that's a great chance for a new rivalry to be formed. Yeah, and then you, you talk about the new new kids on the block, in a sense, with the Warriors having won two or three championships over the past five years. Um, that, I think, would probably be the, the matchup the NBA really wants for ratings. Realistically, they're probably going to get Heat Warriors, yeah. which I think could be an interesting series because of how different the two styles are like Miami's more of a take it to you grind it out um they're they're not Beat really they're not yeah they're not really interested in going up tempo up and down the floor which that's all Golden State likes to do is they get the rebound they're pushing it out they're shooting threes it's quick possessions um so a different a differential of styles could be a pretty interesting NBA finals like I, I think my, they match up really well against Golden State I yeah. like Miami. I actually think Miami could win it if they get if they draw Golden State. Yeah, I mean, they got good defensive guards, which is what you need to beat Miami or to beat Golden State. Is you need guards that play really solid defense, particularly on the perimeter, which is where Golden State is the strongest. Um, you know, defending guys like Jordan Poole, Steph, Clay. Um, I would say Draymond a little bit, but Draymond's not going to kill you on the offense. His defensive presence and his rebounding is more so what you have to worry about with Draymond. Um, what Draymond's going to put in. 10 or 12 points a game, like that. big whoop. I, I, I think if if Miami does draw Golden State, um, you're going to see uh, Andrew Wiggins is going to be non-existent. They're going to shut down Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. I think Jordan Poole, non-existent. They're going to shut him down. They're going to bank on basically an injured Clay Thompson who can't really dribble and create his own space. I mean, and kind of the Warriors' offense and the flow of it gets, gets – um, Clay Thompson open and kind of gets him to knock down those threes, which I think Miami can shut down. So it's really going to come down to Stephen Curry, who I don't think anyone can shut down. But I don't think Steph, Stephen Curry by himself is going to be able to. I was going to say Steph versus Jimmy. That's an interesting matchup. I don't think Steph by himself is going to be able to um, go over the hump. And also Miami will have home court advantage throughout that entire series where they've been really good at home this entire playoff. So I like uh, I like Miami in that in that matchup. I think Warriors have a better shot against Boston. Who's gonna if Boston somehow squeaks this out? They're gonna be just so worn down and beat up. Um, talk about a tough path. Yeah, you got to play Brooklyn, Brooklyn which Milwaukee. is a four, which is a four game series, but still Brooklyn. That's I mean that's one of, that was the title favorites going into this season. Um, seven games with Milwaukee. Seven games with the defending champs, and then X amount at least minimum six. to win the series. Six games with. The one seed. Yeah. Um, Boston's going to be really banged up if they get to the finals, and I feel like the Warriors can take – they won't have home court advantage, but Boston's been kind of lackluster at home through this playoffs. They're 4-3 and three at home. I think they just dropped one to Miami at home. They're 5-2 and two on the road, but they're 4-3 and three at home. That's a big problem. They're winning road games, but they're not winning home games. Um, 
it's to the point where I feel like Matt said like they could win a game five in Miami, but I don't know if they win a game four at TD Garden. Like, and that's kind of that's kind of an issue. Yeah, if, if they well they need to win game four. Exactly. Nothing else. You don't want to go down three one. I mean, it's been done before, but you don't want to go down three one. Um, so that's kind of Boston's big issue is they're not winning home games at TD Garden in the playoffs, which is even in in the past few years um, something they've been it's been fairly easy for them to do. I feel like that's why that. Terry Rozier and Tatum and Brown team uh, in 2018 was so good because they only lost one home game in the playoffs that year, which was Game Seven on LeBron. And then on the road, they were terrible. They only won road one. They only won one road game. So this Celtics team seems to be the exact opposite. They can't win at home, but they're getting it done on the road. Yeah, for sure. But let's take a look at the NHL. We know the NBA playoffs are going to be fun to watch the rest of the way through. The NHL playoffs. We haven't t- touched on this in a while, so we'll give you guys a quick update of where we're at. Uh, the Rangers and the Hurricane, that series is currently 2-1 in favor of Carolina. The Rangers got their first win of the series yesterday uh, at home, 3-1. to uh, Edmonton leads the Calgary Flames 2-1 um, in that series. Edmonton came into this uh, Game 3 with a with the series tied at 1. They won 4-1 on their home ice. And the Colorado Avalanche lead the series against the St. Louis Blues 2-1. That game being played on, or game three rather, being played Saturday, and the Avalanche winning that five to two. The final game to get to in the NHL, or the final series rather, uh, the Lightning and the Panthers. The Lightning take a commanding 3 0 series lead in game three on home ice, winning by a score of five to one. And it, I, I was looking at a lot of the projections before this round started. It was alarming to see how many people actually projected the Panthers to beat the Lightning. And it, it, a lot of people thought it would be like a five, maybe six-game series at most. It didn't make any sense because I, I looked at it and I thought, well, the Lightning are the back-to-back defending champs. They have all this playoff pedigree. You mean to tell me that that's just going to go out the window magically via the Florida Panthers? Like, I, I don't think so. No. Um, I'm really rooting for the Rangers. Gerard Gallant's team now. Exactly. Um, you look at uh, also former coach of the Panthers as well. He used to coach the Panthers before he coached the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, but v- that, probably VGK fans don't re- remember that though. No, they don't. They don't remember. They remember him at the Knights. They don't remember. All they, all they know is Flurry. That's all they. <laughs> everyone else is kind of like who? Flurry and uh, Carlson. That's the only two players they know. I guarantee you. Um, got but, one of them. Huh? Oh yeah, we got one, one of them's one of gone. Them. The other one's going to be gone pretty soon too. Probably with their whole cap yeah. salary cap issue. <laughs> Uh, but I'm, the Rangers are down 2-0 right now. But, hey, I mean, they're down 3-1 against uh, Pittsburgh, and they came back and won. So that's kind of who I'm really rooting for. Um, I think the Avalanche kind of come out of the West. Um, they've been – even even last year, uh, I know the Knights took them to seven games and one, but I feel like the Avalanche were always the better team in that series. Um, and, and Tampa is kind of the given to come out of uh, out of the West, like Matt said. Are they back-to-back, or I thought they won one and then they lost the other one? Or are they back-to-back They're champs? back-to-back, I Back-to-back believe. champs. Yeah. Um, and they very well could be on their way to a three-peat here. Um, so I really like Tampa. I mean, Tampa's kind of the new city of champions, it seems like, with the the Buccaneers. And didn't the Rays? The Rays won a World Series The Rays recently. won a World Series. Yep. Um, so I feel like the Lightning got to get one this year and get the Buccaneers and everyone back into the swing of things there back down in Tampa. So Tampa seems like it's the new city of champions for now, at least. Um, took that title from Boston uh, for a few years. But, uh, yeah, Lightning, no one really can – 
Florida is really not a bad team, honest, honestly with you. They've had a pretty good season this year, uh, but the fact that the Lightning are up 3-0 against them right now kind of just shows how of a complete hockey team they are, and I don't think really anyone, even on the Western side, can really compete with them because even if they draw the Avalanche, that's a five, at most six-game series, I really think. So um, there's no one really that can compare to them. And maybe Edmonton comes out of the West. Connor McDavid finally gets his chance to run at the Stanley Cup, which I think would be a good story. That may actually be more entertaining than the Avalanche and, and Lightning, um, but I feel like the Avalanche are still the best team in that uh, uh, in that conference. But Edmonton's also another fun team to root for with McDavid. Yeah, and I think I think the Flames come out of that series. They played really well on their home ice, and really, I mean, I think if they get game, have they lost at home yet? I don't think so. Definitely not in this series. They haven't. Uh, they won the first two at home. If they win game four, they go up 3-1 heading back home. Yeah, I think the Flames are in good shape here where they're at. Or no, excuse me. If they win game four, um, oh, no, you're right. Uh, they did lose a game at home. Uh, so they lost two, one game. Yeah, they split it in Calgary, and then Edmonton won game three. I was reading that backwards. Um, so if Calgary wins game four, the series is tied at two. Heading back, though, I still think that's that puts Calgary in a pretty good spot because a chance to go up three, two in the series, um, knowing that at worst it's going to, it might go to a game seven, which is back in Calgary um, where the flames have played really well on home ice. And I, I, I do, I do think, uh, I think, like I said, the flames come out of that series, the avalanche, I think are going to beat the blues. Um, they'll get matched up together flames and avalanche, which could be a really interesting series. I mean, both those teams are, as high scoring as they come, um, I mean, I, I think looking back in even the Flames and Oilers series, the first game was nine to six, and the second game was five to three. So the the team that hasn't lost at home, we're thinking of is Carolina. Carol- I don't think Carolina's lost at home yet. I don't think so because they won. They were three 0 uh, with Bo- or four 0 with Boston at home. Yeah, and then they're they have home ice advantage right now against the Rangers. Yeah, yep. So, so. they're six and zero at home. So, yeah, I mean Carolina could potentially because they would draw Tampa, right? Yeah, they. I mean they could, with how good they've been at home. I mean they could they could snag a couple games at home. I'm not saying they're going to win the series, but they obviously won't have home ice advantage. They could push that to six games with how good they've been at home ice. Yeah, the series, these especially the playoffs, like they're they're getting interesting. These hockey playoffs, um, getting tighter as the games progress. Uh, scores starting to actually come down a little bit. Um, you had a pair of game threes yesterday. One was three one, and the other was four one, um, which is kind of drastically different from what we've seen normally in the playoffs. We've usually seen, especially this year, a lot of goals being scored, which yeah. um, is kind of interesting because normally when you see playoff hockey, you usually are talking about the two one three one type of games where there's low scoring um, defensive battles, and um, up until maybe yesterday, it's been pretty. Pretty much high scoring, a lot of goals being scored, um, and not a whole lot of low scoring defensive battles to speak of. And um, I, I do think a lot of these, you know, the the biggest thing that these teams possess is they have good goaltending. Like the Lightning have Andre Vasilevsky, who's been a stud for a number of years now. Um, I believe the Rangers goalie is pretty good. He gets a lot of um, attention. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but I know a lot of people have been talking about him. Um, the Flames and Oilers both have good goaltending. Um, the Avalanche, like you look around and you're like, okay, like there's these are teams that have decent goaltending. 
something the Knights might not know about. Um, Flurry. Right. Well, they had him, and, you know, um, he, he made the playoffs this year. Um, yeah, the Minnesota Wild, yeah. which is still so weird to kind of see him in a – Chicago was, like, was not that weird to see him in a Chicago jersey, but to see him in a Minnesota Wild jersey was kind of just like – Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it was, it, it was kind of a weird look, but we'll keep an eye on the NHL playoffs as they progress because, like the NBA playoffs, they are definitely getting interesting for sure. We appreciate you guys tuning into today's episode of the Back and Forth Podcast. We're back with more episodes later on in the week. Got another probably two probably two episodes this week two to get episodes, you. Definitely. Quick uh, shout out to Matt, though, um, for those who don't know, working with the uh, Las Vegas Aces now. So that's right. Very good and very happy for Matt. And, uh, you know, I mean, the only reason I'm excited is because I'm going to get some free tickets inevitably. So that's right. Knock on wood. I'll just start uh, compiling the list because I'm, I'm sure. Uh, you I'm, got your dad. You got me. You got Aiden. Oh, yeah. Dom and eh, Dom's probably. He's going to be studying for something in the middle of July, so I don't know. Probably. I don't know if he'll be able to make it. But you got three people for sure on that list that are going to be begging for tickets here. I'm going to let Matt get settled in. I'll give him like a week, 10 days maybe, and then uh, he's going to get a text from me about 5, 6 o'clock in the morning like, extra tickets for tonight, Matt? Yeah. Got some tickets? Oh, that'd be a nice perk if that happens. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see um, what all comes with that, but definitely excited uh, for that venture of my uh, for, of my life, I guess. And um Hopefully they uh, that'd be cool if they win the championship this year. Oh yeah, I mean which they're they're um, I mean they got a better chance than any other Vegas sports team I think to win to win something. So the Raiders are not too far behind, but um, with the NBA it's only twelve teams and the the talent the the Aces have on their roster right now they could they could definitely pull it off for sure. We're back with you guys later on in the week with more episodes of the Back and Forth Podcast. Remember to follow the show on Twitter at BackForthPod. Instagram is at BackForthPodcast. You can find this wherever you get your audio podcasts, and we'll talk to you guys later on in the week. Mm-hmm.